Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land on which this work was developed and is presented. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Imagine this. You and your friend have just been to the cinema. You come out of the dark theatre into the fresh air and the light of day, and as you walk to the nearest bus stop, your friend asks you what you thought of the film. I didn't like the flashbacks, you say. Half the time I couldn't figure out what was happening in the present and what was happening in the past. It was very disorienting. Your friend turns to you and says, but that's the point. The filmmaker wanted you to be disoriented, to show the downward spiral of the main character. How do you respond? Welcome back to The Community Library, a podcast and book club for anyone interested in stories and how and why we tell them. I'm your host, Angowry Rice. Now, this scenario I just played out for you, you might recognise it. And if you're like me, it might make your blood boil. (laughs) This interaction has played out countless times in my life. I'm discussing a work of art with someone, whether that's a film or a TV show or a book, and a critique I make is met with the dismissive phrase, but that's the point. It's happened when I've thought a film too violent, the ending of a book too abrupt, or a character too closed off. But that's the point, the violence is supposed to be overwhelming. But that's the point, life ends abruptly, real life stories don't follow neat pacing. But that's the point, the character is supposed to be distant from the reader. This phrase, but that's the point, has always angered me, but it wasn't until a recent interaction when I was critiquing a film the other person hadn't even seen, and this phrase was whipped out, that was when I decided to tackle this subject and turn it into a podcast episode. Someone who hadn't even seen the film telling me what the point was, was just too much for me to handle. Something had to be done. My issue with this turn of phrase began as a personal one. Anytime it was wielded against me, I felt patronized and dismissed. I was frustrated that my response wasn't, in fact, taken as a valid response, but rather as an indication that I hadn't understood the text to begin with. And not to make it all about gender and feminism yet again, but I noticed a pattern in the identities of the individuals who tended to spout this phrase the most. But that's the point seemed to go hand in hand with mansplaining. But the more I encountered this phrase, the more I realized that my anger went beyond how it made me feel personally and into how this turn of phrase harms meaningful discussion and criticism. The frustrating thing about but that's the point is that it doesn't disagree with what someone is saying, but rather devalues and dismisses someone's interpretation of, or response to, a work. It's a complete invalidation. In 2019, I saw the film Joker in cinemas. This dark, twisted interpretation of the Joker's origin story was highly controversial at the time of its release, with film critics, journalists, and Twitter users discussing its depictions of mental health and violence. I'm not going to address those issues here, but one of my criticisms of the film was that it just didn't make sense to me. Our main character, Arthur Fleck, played by Joaquin Phoenix, has motivations and beliefs that completely change by the end of the film, with no build-up or indication of character growth. 
but Arthur is an unreliable narrator. The film is framed by Arthur in a prison cell, recounting the story of how he got there. He makes things up, changes details, and so the audience doesn't know what's true and what isn't. We are tricked into believing a scenario is real, only for it to later be revealed as a figment of Arthur's imagination. So my criticism of the film just not making sense was met with that same phrase, but that's the point. It's to show Arthur is an unreliable, nonsensical main character. It was the intention of the filmmaker to confuse the audience, and he was successful in doing that. So I know that's the point, and that it was a deliberate decision on the part of the filmmaker, but does that make it immune from criticism? I don't think so. I think it is important to critique a film based on what it set out to do. Was it the filmmaker's intention to make me uncomfortable with all the violence? Yes. But do I have to like that feeling? Do I have to like that directorial decision? No, and I still think that's a valid criticism, especially when discussing a film in a personal, casual situation, which is when, but that's the point, is most often thrown about. But as well as this phrase being a general hitback in the face of any criticism of directorial or authorial intention, it is also used in a more acute way. But that's the point is often used to justify a lack of nuance and sensitivity when exploring forms of prejudice in a work of art. A film has very few speaking roles for women, but that's the point. Women are oppressed and silent. No characters of colour in a film set at a British boarding school, but that's the point. The film is about the white, privileged upper class. It's a phrase that seems to be used to avoid difficult discussions, and this is something I encountered a few times when studying texts in school, most notably with a short story collection called The Turning. The Turning is a collection of 17 short stories by prolific Australian author Tim Winton, published in 2005. The stories follow a range of subjects, but most of them are about young men growing up in rural Western Australia, which is where Tim Winton is from. My main issue with this book was the representation of female characters. The women, where present, were mostly silent or suffering from abuse, and sometimes both. When I brought up this criticism in class, I was met with this very same phrase. But that's the point. Women are, in real life, silenced and abused, and Tim Winton is just showing us the real world. But here, I beg the question, what point is being made? And also, who's making it? If the point is that women are silent victims, only B-plots to the main hero's storyline, I think that sends a pretty harmful message, especially when that message is coming from a male writer. It reinforces the idea that women are not important unless they are of use to men. In the case of literature, a woman's purpose is often to engage in a relationship with a man, which then makes him realize something profound, and when she is no longer needed, she disappears. Now, I'm not suggesting that all male writers should stop writing about men and instead write about women. In this case, I'm talking about the implications of writing a story in which the only role women play is silent victims. These victimized women are merely props to illustrate the harshness of the real world, or either to support or hinder the real characters, the men. Weaving the oppression of women into the background not only tells the audience that women don't matter, 
but it generates a terrible sort of apathy. That's just the way the world is. Women are oppressed. It implies this oppression appeared out of thin air and there's nothing we can do to change it, when in fact it's a system that's created and upheld. And though a single work of literature isn't going to solve all oppression, I believe that if an artist's work engages with injustice, the artist has a responsibility to examine it. I don't think every male author should take it upon himself to write about the feminist agenda, but in the context of The Turning, including oppressed women in the background isn't a point if it's not addressed or deconstructed. Because what you're left with is a text about toxic men with a few victimized women in the background, and then you're more in danger of perpetuating this cycle of misogyny rather than actually opening up a discussion about it. I use the example of the representation of women here, but we see this happening to a greater degree with other marginalized groups, particularly with people of color. And when it comes to making progress in the representation of women in the media, women of color are continually disregarded. The women allowed into the space of representation are mostly slim, white, cisgendered, and able-bodied. There are many facets to the conversation of representation and diversity in the media, and it is much more nuanced than I can fit into a 10-minute discussion, so I will link some other videos and articles that discuss these topics more in depth. So the phrase, but that's the point, is dismissive at best and harmful at worst. When critiquing a work for shoving oppression and injustice into the background, but that's the point gives the artist a free pass. It releases both the artist and the work from any responsibility it might have towards its topic and its audience. And in times of change such as these, I believe we all have a responsibility to question the impact and the meaning of what we put out into the world, whether it's consumed by three people or three billion people. Though, but that's the point, may seem like an insignificant turn of phrase, I think it's important we carefully choose the words we use to discuss art, because those words can be just as impactful as the art itself. Thank you very much for listening. If you haven't been to the community library before, hi, I'm Anne Gowry. I make podcast episodes about books, movies, pop culture, and of course, occasional rants about particular turns of phrase. <laughs> if you liked this episode, feel free to stick around. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or any other podcasting platform. You can follow me on Instagram at the underscore community underscore library or at Angowry Rice. You can also find a full transcription of the episode, plus all my references and resources on my blog and Gowrie's Library. I'll chat to you next week. Bye.